Hello and welcome back to True Crime Guys podcast, special headlines and shenanigans edition. I'm your host, Michael, and I think I saw Andy around here in the studio somewhere. I'm Andy? still over here. Oh, there it's, you are. It's there like you a, are, Andy. It's, it's like a different continent a over different, here. It, it really is, man. It really is. It's weird not sitting at the same table. I know, right? It's like it's like to, it's like just a completely different, it's a whole different vibe now. It's a, it's a different dynamic. It's a different dynamic, people. It's a different dynamic. Um, But here on Headlines and Shenanigans, guys, it's a show that we do once a month here on the free platform in place of our typical TCG content, which you can find on our Patreon, patreon.com slash truecrimeguys. And in this week's episode on Patreon, we talked about the Christian identity movement. We gave you guys uh, a little more than a rundown. They're basically a religious ideology popular among extreme right-wing circles, and followers believe that white Europeans are descendants of the lost tribes of Israel, and their beliefs view Jews as satanic offspring and all non-white people. Uh, They refer to them as mud people. So yeah, it was a fun discussion of hate, wouldn't you say, Andy? Mud people, mud. mud. (laughs) I kept thinking of like the South part, like crab Crab people people. look like crab, talk like people. As our cult cases typically are, it's a pretty insane episode. But here on Headlines and Shenanigans, we got two pretty crazy cases themselves, honestly. Uh, We're pretty excited. We're going to talk about Tupac, because if you haven't heard, if you live under a rock, uh, his killer was arrested. Or at least one of them, at least. One of them, the only one alive. Um, And also, Natalie Holloway. Um, If you haven't heard about that, also... What are you doing? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But Andy's going to give us the rundown on those, as he always does here on Headlines. So what do you got, Andy? What do you want to start with? Well, I think we're going to start with, I think we're going to start with some Tupac, Michael. I think we're going to start with, with, because I think this was, we're kind of doing Headlines as almost like a monthly recap of some stuff now, instead of doing like weekly small things. We're doing some of the bigger cases of a month. So Tupac's kind of, uh, it kind of happened earlier in the month, about a few weeks ago now. So it's a little bit more... Fre- it's the, it's less fresh than Nat- Natalie Holloway, so we'll leave the Natalie Holloway stuff for the la- later part. But Michael, good. we're going to talk about the case of Tupac Shakur, which I'm sure you're very familiar with. I know I was. We were both younger when it happened, but it's been permeating the pop culture ever since. Uh, back in you know what was it 1997 I believe or mm-hmm. ni- yeah no it was 1996 on September 7th 1996 uh, Tupac Shakur was uh, shot and killed in Las Vegas in a drive-by shooting right so that kind of went unsolved for almost 20 years like it's it has been no, almost 30 years right? oh, yeah almost 30 years yeah, now. It's yeah it's, like it's coming up on 30 years, years. Man. yeah. So we're now dealing with people who've kind of almost thought the case was just going to be one of those Hollywood mysteries forever. But we've finally had a break in the case this past week. And that break came with Dwayne Keefe D. Davis. Keefe D. Keefe D. Man, right? That's, right there. that's, a, I, that's, a, good, that's a good name, street name right there. Keefe yeah, D. Yeah, Keefe D's been talking for a while, he's, though. He's, an, oh, he's, I mean, he's considered an OG. He's an original gangster. He's been on the streets yeah. for a long time. But uh, Keefe D has long been known to the investigators as one of the four suspects who has early identified the investigation. Um, he wasn't the accused gunman, but he was described as the group's ringleader. So he was kind of, mm-hmm. he was, he's always said he was in the front seat. He, of he wasn't the shooter. The shots came from the back seat. He I was mean, in the front seat. I wasn't How even, could he have killed him, Andy? I wasn't even looking. I was, I, I was mm-hmm. on the road, you know, to 10 right. and 2. You know what? <laughs> How could I have shot? I had to be, I was looking at the maps. I was, I was reading MapQuest. Map, I was, like, I was MapQuest. MapQuest. You know they was lost. But, uh. <laughs> In Nevada, you can uh, you can still be charged with a crime though, including murder, even if you helped someone commit the murder. So that's where yeah. they're going to kind of get this guy with, even though he's kind of confessed for years at this point to being in the car, 
to being somebody who literally handed the shooter the gun right. and was very well like almost gave the order to. So now he's being like they're kind of just being like, yeah, you you admitted to this mm-hmm. like for years, correct? Yeah, why? Well, uh, you're fucked. We're um, gonna arrest you for it now. <laughs> so yeah, it's like I said, he's he's he even did interviews. He had a ni- 2019 uh, memoir called Compton Street Legend that he put out. Yes. That he he provided the gun used in the drive-by yeah, shooting. I think he that said was that was the initial like come out with that. Yeah, he released this memoir in 2019 saying he provided the shooters with the firearm, like mm-hmm. hand, not even just like sold it to him, but physically handed it to him that night. Mm-hmm. So the the grand jury also voted to add a sentencing enhancement to the murder charge for gang activity that could add an additional 20 years onto this sentence if he's convicted. So they're kind of just almost slapping him with some extra shit for almost being so like brash about everything. Right. For like, you know, bragging about it, confessing, thinking he since he didn't pull the trigger, he was immune to it well, or listen, all these man, things. He he got to get his money somehow, right? And this was the only way to get paid, you know. Diddy's not paying him anymore. Ooh. Oh wait. I mean, he might be. Allegedly. He might. I mean, allegedly. Might be. But uh, so we, like I said, we talked about how uh, Tupac was killed in September 7th, 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was with Suge Knight, if you remember, if I remember. Suge Knight Shug was Knight. driving. Yeah, Suge Knight was driving. And yeah. Suge Knight is a terrifying individual in and of himself. So he's already in prison for attempted murders. And his name was kind of thrown around a lot in some of the conspiracies, which was always a big thing. It's like, oh, I bet Suge Knight set it up. Like Suge Knight was in the car and got grazed by bullets. Yeah. And was doing, like, as Keefe D said, like Maybe. a break dance to get into the back seat when they were shooting at him like this was not a Suge Knight idea no you wouldn't put yourself in that that blatant and that risk of danger and the way Keefe D tells it the only way they even knew that uh Tupac was in the car was he was hanging out the sunroof yeah he was basically hanging out the window going down the strip in Las Vegas (laughs) like and so they were like oh shit there's Tupac right there yeah because he also had just crowds of people kind of following the Mm -hmm. car around being like that's Tupac there's Tupac because he was he was just flaunting himself because also, right before the shooting on that night, um, Keefe D's nephew, Orlando Anderson, also known as Baby Lane, mm. he was actually involved in an altercation with Tupac inside the uh, casino. Oh, yes. And it's there's, on, there's security footage of this. Oh, yeah. There's security footage of the, an actual brawl that starts breaking out. You got Suge Knight on camera stomping this guy into the ground. So there was like, this guy was already- in a, Tupac in a, was in on it, too. Oh yeah, Tupac was not. It was just, this was not like a just like a jump quickly and got get the talent out of the way type situation. This was they no. all start throwing blows and get they, into it. They were gang stomping this dude. Like let's let's not. They, he was on the ground and everybody was getting their getting their kicks in. Oh yeah, this guy was. Yeah. This guy tried to. He he was openly saying he wanted to fight Tupac, but then it became something more. Mm-hmm. So Orlando Anderson uh, was actually in the back seat of the car that Keefe D says they were driving. He was one of the ones uh, who was actually shooting. He was. The one that he gave the gun to. Right. But uh, Anderson conveniently died two years later, as I'm pretty sure results of gang violence as well. So, again, another one of the members of this alleged attack no longer with us. But it does kind of lead a little bit more credit to the fact that maybe he was the shooter since he died so quickly after. Yeah, it's kind of one of those. the one that they're going to retaliate on the most because Suge lived, obviously. Yeah, so be- so he probably got some sort of an ID on these guys. That's a that's always been a big thing too. It's like the the public may not have known who mm-hmm. was responsible or who were the shooters, but right. it was always kind of word on the street did get out. It was kind of like a there it's going to be taken care of in house kind of. We're not going to go to the police. Like we're going to try and get this as revenge. Right, right. So I- yeah. I- I feel like you're probably right. Like you pull up next to Suge Knight and Tupac within that close of a distance, and and Suge Knight can see you. 
I don't think Suge Knight's going to the police and saying, oh, it was this person who tried to kill me. No. I think Suge Knight's right. going to his guys and saying, we're killing that guy. <laughs> and I think more's going to come out about this. I really do. The only, well, maybe, because there's some really big players in this case, allegedly. Uh, P. Diddy being one of them. Yeah, but Diddy's, Diddy's, <laughs> always, Diddy's always there, man. Diddy's he name's always thrown there, around. But Diddy is old money, too. You know what I mean? Old money. Like, he's got... A shit ton of it. Yeah, Diddy's not... He's a big player. He's not just a talent anymore. Diddy's the producer, the record label. He's all of it. He is. He's he's built his own empire, so... And he's been in the game a long time. He was a boss even back then. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why they were... were, That's one of these things that was always kind of thrown around with the beef back then of Mm -hmm. the East Coast and West Coast. Diddy was that East Coast vibe. That's who... Diddy was the... He was that, that environment. Yeah. But uh, so police did report collecting multiple computers, a cell phone, a hard drive, a Vibe magazine that featured Shakur, and several 40 caliber bullets uh, and tubes containing photographs and a copy of Davis's memoir, all from Keefe D's home. So they're mm. saying these 40 caliber bullets. I mean, yes, the, the bullets that did kill Tupac were 40 caliber bullets. They do, you know, that's that's common. Right. Here we are. Four- 30 years later, it's like, yeah, he could have bought some forty caliber bullets. <laughs> I mean, he might have just yeah, kept the gun, needed <laughs> right. to reload. I mean, it could have just been, I mean, yeah. would you, I mean, it wouldn't be so much as to like you would, would that be something that you would save whatever bullets that were left in the clip as like some sort of, you yeah. know, memorial thing to be like, oh yeah, this was the, this was the bullet I didn't shoot at Tupac. Like, right. Like that would just be a weird thing to. I mean, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. This is not that great of evidence. It just depends on what's on the photographs. Yeah, what's on the photographs and what's, what's on, on the, the computers, the hard drive, the cell yeah. phone. That's where there's the the information's going to be because that's where those things. Where it's like, yeah, they're probably using burner phones or emails to con- con- like you know convey some of these illegal messages. But when they start raiding your house at this point, they're going to find a whole bunch of stuff you didn't even know you still had. Right. Like even the Tupac magazine, that don't mean nothing to me. It doesn't, but it's just, I mean, that's more or less like, yeah, he's, this is what this guy's life is about. Right. This is what he's made his living slash career off of over the past few years. Exactly. But he is the last surviving person who was in the car the night of the murder. There's already been talks that he was not the one who actually put the hit out on Tupac, but he is the one who was in the car saying like, yeah, there he is. Here's yeah. the gun. You shoot him. Yeah. yeah he wasn't, there's was always like Apparently the rumor the hit of- came from higher up. Yeah. Like there was the the order of like the 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 bounty, so to the, speak, was that was the the from I, on high type According deal. to Keefe D, the way it was proposed to him was that his boss- uh, said that if he were to come into contact with Tupac's chain, so a lot of these gangsters, I guess they had chains that represented them that they wore all the time, it right? Was the the death they, row chains. They planned to the, die with. It was yeah, it was the death row record chain. <laughs> the de- you okay, got a, the death row record chain. Yeah, you okay, got a big right, old right. Gold, like diamond death row records okay, chain. Yeah, I, I wasn't familiar with what it was, but I knew they had, that there was this chain, and basically, if you brought him Tupac's, you would be rewarded handsomely. Yeah. That was the way it was proposed. And so they saw an opportunity when they saw him in that chain hanging out that sunroof of that Mercedes. Yeah. So that's the thing, too. It's kind of Keefe D has kind of come out in the previous years, and there's been some interviews where he's kind of slipped a bit, saying, you know, kind of almost insinuating that, you know, I thought Diddy was going to take care of me after this, and, you know, who's going to take care of me now? I took care of you, and I kept my mouth shut type deal. Right. So, yeah, I feel like there's going to be a lot more evidence and a lot more confessions and a lot more things coming out. Because right now his trial has been delayed a little bit. They're actually they're they're still waiting to bring him into the courtroom. Uh, while we record the day we're recording this, the trial has been delayed. I'm not exactly sure when the uh, continuance is going to be yet, mm-hmm. but we'll try and follow up on that when it does happen. 
But like I said, guys, I feel like there's going to be a lot more evidence that comes out from Keefe D. Now, whether or not this is, you know, truthful, honest testimony, or right. if this is someone trying to, you know, settle a grudge or paint somebody in a bad light, they'll have to do a bunch of investigating. But I don't feel like this is the end of it. This is just a big break in a, you know, almost 30-year-old case at this point. I mean, an old break, if you ask me, though. I mean, it's just weird it took them so long to act. Yeah, it's, it's it really is. It's disappointing it's, it's to, an, to an extent. Yeah, yeah. Especially when you've the had a man like him. Odd. You've had a man like EVD basically confessing these things for you know years at this point, almost four years on like record after a book coming out and podcasts mm-hmm. and news things. Like, yeah, it's it's hard. It's, I mean, I get that you know investigations take time. You want to make sure you have all the facts before you bring a you know a case to trial. But right. I feel like it's been thirty years, and I. I yeah, you, how much more evidence can you find at this point? You're not going to get any DNA. You're not going to get any, you know, actual blood evidence or anything. Yeah, this is as close as it gets. So, like I said, I feel like when he, when he does actually get to take the stand and he does, you know, possibly take a plea deal or some kind of offer, I feel like we're going to learn a few more things about that night and a few, like mm. especially a few more things about the events after that night. Yeah, it's going to be interesting the way this unfolds. Or it might just disappear and you don't hear nothing about it for a while. Yeah. Then you know some real big players are involved. Yeah, that's when that's when you know there's real money involved. But no, yeah. I, I don't think this is going to go away just yet. I feel like when they when when you break the Tupac uh, murder mm-hmm. on the news like this, you you can't just kind of put it out there as like, a, oh, we got him. Well, it's like, okay, well, let's see it. Let's see the let's yeah. follow it up. Let's see him go to jail. Let's see the the yep. victory lap. So they're gonna they're gonna need to do a victory lap after this kind of a case. Because you see the police, the, the sheriffs already kind of coming out and giving their press conferences. Mm-hmm. They're already kind of like patting themselves on the back for this, but it's almost like, this guy kind of just did the work for you. I mean, he... Dude, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't take a victory lap. You guys have taken so long with so much obvious evidence. It's yeah. not. This is not a victory. This is like our apologies that it took this long, but we do believe we have the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that should have been more of the speech. But yeah, it did seem like the acceptance... It was like an acceptance for an award or something. Yeah, they were like, yeah, no. we, we all know you're real proud of us with all the <laughs> all the hard work we put into this case uh, of the, the murder of Tupac, uh, Tupac, 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 Tupac Shaker. Tupac Shaker. Yeah, Tup- yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Sh- Shakur? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like you Shakur. you guys didn't really get to, you don't pat yourselves yeah. on the back just yet. This is still invest. This is still going well, on. We don't, we don't have anybody behind bars yet. We don't have any like solid, you know. Well, it's not often you get to have a press conference, you know, that you know is going to go worldwide. You know, so that that was probably the highlight of that sheriff's career. He's like, I'm gonna make the best of it. Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm getting yeah, on every network I'm tonight. This, I'm gonna put this, uh, <laughs> this interview out, man. I'm gonna. Oh, how's, how's my face look? Oh, I'm gonna make I it. My hair look good. My hair look good. All right. I just got a fresh cut this morning. <laughs> yeah, he's all shaved up. Still got right. the still got the barber collar on. Like, oh <laughs> shit! Sorry, <laughs> pulling it off. <laughs> exactly. They're doing it up. But yeah, guys. So like that was our main our main story that happened earlier this month, and I'm sure you guys have already kind of followed it a little bit as the news has come out. But the the break in the Tupac Shakur case, I, I hope that there's more that comes out. I hope that we get to see Keefe D take the stand. Mm-hmm. I hope that he has to go under oath, and you know we get to see his real testimony and not just some publicized interviews or some you know possibly things he's making money off of. Let's put yeah. it, let's let's put him under oath and see what stories he starts to tell. He's already told so much, man. I feel like he's going to say the same stuff. I know but you. He might just start dropping more names. So you t- sometimes people tell very different stories when the the options are either you get paid to tell a story or you go to prison for telling a story. Very it's, true. There's there's some different uh, very true different uh, different tales that might come out. But to a certain extent, we have so much video evidence of things you've said. It's going to be very hard to say anything opposite that. Yeah. 
It's going to be like, yeah, okay, so that's what it's you like, say now? Okay. Let's roll the clip. <laughs> right. It's going to be just a fucking clip show of this like, guy being like, well, according to you, play the clip. <laughs> <laughs> like, this was six months ago. Yeah. So Let me re- your mind's changed. On page 42 of your book, you write. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's not going to be too much of a, um, um, a he said, she post said. from yesterday states. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of you said, you said. So. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, so, yeah, guys, for our next case, we are going to talk about something that's another, like a longstanding, almost cold case that happened in almost 2005. Cold. This was a this was a huge kind of missing ca- missing person's case. We need to do a whole case. episode on this. This is actually going to be, we, we, we both talked about this after the mm-hmm. news broke and we started kind of putting this together for headlines. We're like, this is actually an this entire, is this is a real TCG proper case. Yeah. And that is going, that's the case of Natalie Holloway and her disappearance in 2005. So a lot of our listeners may remember that time. Uh, she was visiting Aruba on a high school graduation trip, uh, but she vanished, and three men were arrested at the time but were released due to insufficient evidence. But almost two decades later, now after her, her vanishing in Aruba, the suspect in her death has now confessed to killing the Alabama teen in a grisly detail in the court documents that have been revealed. Uh, the men were rearrested and charged in 2007 for involuntary involvement in the involuntary manslaughter of mm. Natalie Holloway or causing serious bodily harm to Holloway, resulting in her death. But a few weeks later, all three men were released again, sliding, citing lack of evidence that a violent crime had ever occurred. It's kind of the, the old adage of no body, no crime. Right. You, you, they char- They were trying to charge these men with, with murder, with violent murder. Right, because they were the last people to be seen with her. But there was no evidence of any sort of violent crime that had ever taken place. So it, when they brought that charge to against them, you couldn't make it stick. There was no body. There was no there was no evidence of that kind of crime. Right. So a few years later, uh, in 2010, one of the suspects who we're talking about today, a Joran Vandersloot. It is Joran, not Jordan. I saw a few things that actually put Jordan by accident. Yeah. Joran Vandersloot. He's a Dutch citizen, I believe was indicted on charges of trying to extort the Holloway family over information about their missing daughter. So during this time, between his extortion attempt and his indictment, uh, Vandersloot was then charged with another murder, that of Stephanie Flores in Peru. And this is what Mm. we were talking about, how this is going to be like an entire TCG proper case. When you look up Joran Vandersloot online, yes, you will see a lot about the Natalie Holloway disappearance and now her confession. Yeah. But you will see a plethora of information of other crimes, a murder in Peru, a cocaine trafficking charge in prison. Human trafficking charges, affiliations at least. Yeah, they even had to get his dad involved in trying to get some of his information out of him. This guy has a a rap sheet that is is haunting. But after being found guilty— uh, he confessed to m- killing Miss Flores after she had con- apparently she had discovered on his computer or his cell phone she had discovered the, his involvement in the Holloway case either some kind of information about the extortion he was trying to do or somehow a confession of his an actual killing of the woman. Right. So uh, after being found guilty of the murder of Miss Flores, he was then sentenced to 28 years in prison in 2012. After being handed another 18 years on top of his 28-year uh, sentence in 2020 for trafficking cocaine inside prison, he was then finally extradited to the U.S. in 2023, just a few months ago, where he would then face the the, uh, the extortion crimes and the wire fraud against the uh, Holloway family for trying to you know right. lie about them where their daughter was. Exactly. So it was during this original plea deal confession um, 
sorry, the breaking news of this case, it wasn't, he, he did have a plea deal, but like the breaking news came with like during the hearing, he was offered a plea deal that would include him divulging the truth and confessing mm-hmm. to what happened, but it doesn't really give them any kind of leeway to then charge him with those crimes. Right. So it was during the plea confession that Vandersloot revealed that in 2005, he kind of gave some sexual advances towards Holloway. He tried to feel her up in his words. She rejected him and she kneed him like pretty hard in the crotch. He then retaliated by beating her and kicking her repeatedly until he then picked up a cinder block that was nearby yeah. and proceeded to bludgeon her face with the cinder block until she was dead. Apparently, so, apparently the initial kick to her face was so hard it knocked her unconscious. Yeah, he basically was finishing the job to an extent with the cinder block. He, yeah, he kicked her so hard that he almost thought he killed her. Like, it is it was, hard to listen to that, to that confession. Yeah, he, it he tough. it's, it's a, it's a brutal recanting of that, of the, of the tale and what happened. And it's, it's been so long now. It's, it's not like one of those, you know, kind of fresh confessions where it's a lot more emotional. It's almost emotionless. It's so cold. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's the, so it's the coldness of it. It's just the, yeah, that happened. And I did this and this happened and. You know, yada, 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 almost. It's it's hard to listen to those kind of confessions. And then, I mean, it's hard to even believe it. To an After extent, all yeah. all the shit he's lied about. I mean, which, that's why I want to do a regular episode. Just this guy, the compulsive lies. Yeah. He he will lie to say to get out of anything, and he'll just tell crazy stories. And so I don't even know if that's if that's all the truth. Well, see, I, I feel like there is a, there is a, there's a, Grain of salt you have to take with it, like oh, actually a pretty, pretty big cup of salt you got to yeah. take with it, knowing like his a reputation. Block of salt. But the the plea deal that he took still gives him twenty years in addition to his already uh, like thirty eight year sentence in Peru. Mm-hmm. So his Peruvian sentence won't even end until twenty forty five, and that's about when he can be released from Peru. And then the twenty year sentence that he took for the plea deal will then serve concurrently to that in the U.S. So if, like, I mean, he's in a Peruvian prison. If he even makes it all the way out of there in 2045, then he gets sent to a U.S. prison in Alabama um, Mm -hmm. for 20 more years. So, I mean, there's not much more, like, hope for this guy getting out. So even in the plea deal, it's not like he got a plea deal for, like, no charges. He still took 20 more years of time. He just didn't get that life in prison. So right, he's like right. he's holding out for that like that that small window of I can get out when I'm 78 or something like that or you yeah, know I guess so yeah I you guess. have to take it with a grain of salt but there is still like it, the plea deal did I not give him he doesn't have a lot to gain yeah he didn't get a get out of jail free card it wasn't like a, we just need you to confess and you can go back like we just yeah. need, like he still has to do 20 and, more years yeah for the extortion charges and it didn't seem like he was thinking really hard about recounting the events it seemed like it flowed really well but this man has had a lot of time to think about this shit yeah I mean he spent a lot of time alone he spent a lot of time so, I mean he, I mean, how he was doing so much involved with it, following the case, mm-hmm. like doing the extortion, trying to actually, you know, you know, actually fuck with this family, which was awful. Then murdering another woman to cover up the involvement in this murder. Right. So, and then just being, you know, drug around and having all these different charges placed against him, and having just a almost like just a plethora of criminal and inv- like investigations through his entire adult life. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, it's a whole, it's a whole case, maybe two. But yeah, so <laughs> it might be a two-parter on this guy. It's just ridiculous. Because you can almost do one on Natalie Holloway and then one on Stephanie Flores yeah. and then one on, you know, Jordan Vandersloot. But yeah, they so still to this day, guys, there there's never been any uh 
collection of Natalie Holloway's body. She was pronounced legally dead in 2012 because they never were able to recover the body. Um, Joran says he then, after beating her to death, he pushed her body off into the ocean. Mm. Um, and this was in Aruba. This is the Caribbean. Yeah. I mean, there's He's, a lot of sea life out there. He, he said he carried her to like knee deep water and tossed her into the ocean. Would she not have just washed right back up? What am I missing? It's got to be, it's all about the tides. It's all about yeah, what the currents true. are flowing with thing, yeah. and what she's, how much she weighs. I and mean, yeah. It's it's a it's a variable thing. He play, it's a big risk that he did put her in the water and that she didn't wash right back up. Right, just down the beach a little bit. Yeah, it, 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 he took a big risk, but you know it did work out in his favor to an extent that the ocean did take it. Some sea life got it. She got caught in a coral reef somewhere, and you know it's it just never washed back up. So guys, wow. like I said, this is this is a big break in this case. It does. It's still unclear whether they're going to try to figure out a way to bring some charges against him for her murder, but there is still some final closure for the family after almost twenty years after her their daughter disappeared in yes. two thousand five. So the they, mother has made a statement. She says she has what she needs. Yeah, she's they've, done. She's like, you know, may he rot in hell. I got what I need. I'm good. Yeah, this there's there, there's a lot of evidence that points to this guy telling the truth, and he he's been heavily investigated and a, like a very predominant suspect since the beginning. So it's not like this guy just showed up out of nowhere with a confession twenty years later. This right. is somebody they've had their eye on the whole time, and it's going to be hard not to believe them when they say that this guy is the one who, who killed Natalie Holloway. Yeah, I believe him. Yeah, I, I, I'm I I'm one to believe it as well. So it's it's good that there is some closure for that, and there's good. There, hopefully, we're going to continue to get some closure on the Tupac case. And like I said, there's mm-hmm. he still has family who want to see this case closed. The Holloways still want to see this case know, closed. They know what happened. Yeah, I think a lot of people the who family know, and friends they know what happened. There's a lot of people who knew what happened, but mm, the, yeah. we we don't know. We're we just don't know. We don't know. We're, we're just, just guys, man. We're, we're just two just, guys. We're just bullshitting. <laughs> just speculating. Just That's speculating. Right. That's what we do here on headlines. <laughs> But guys, thanks for joining us here on the free platform. Uh, like I said, we will be doing this once a month. So basically, there'll be three regular TCG proper episodes and then a headlines. And when you see that headlines, just know that there is a TCG proper episode going down on Patreon. Uh, most likely some cult shit. We got quite a few lined up for Patreon. We like we like to break down and discuss cults on there. Uh, it's just a fun thing to do. We like both me and Andy uh, coming from religious backgrounds. So uh, it's kind of fun for us to to dig into these cults and whatnot, like the Christian identity movement. Um, and it is alive and well, people. Be aware. It is in your cities. It is in, it is in your countries. They are alive and well. They may not be great in numbers, but they are radical in ideas. Yeah, and it's it's one of those— co- It's, it's kind of scary. The, it's not the Jonestown people. It's no, not the no. giant compound They're out in the outskirts secretive. of town. They're all wearing robes and stuff. It's not that kind of cult. People. No, These see, are- what it lacks, though, like me and Andy talked about, it lacks that charismatic leader. They don't have that. They don't have that megalomaniac at the top. They just have a collective goal. It's a bunch of people who believe the world should be a certain way, which is even more terrifying. So that's why we decided to do that episode, you know, spread some awareness about that because uh, I know I've seen their presence in my hometown and local counties around in the southeast. So be alert, people. Be alert. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we'll be back next week, guys, with a regular True Crime Guys proper episode. Um, don't forget, you can catch Strange and Unexplained on Monday. And, of course, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell so you'll know when new stuff drops because it's often. It's often. 
It's kind of daily. It's kind of daily. Anything else, Andy? Uh, I think we're all good, Michael. Like I said, uh, had a good time on Patreon. Glad to get back on Headlines and Shenanigans. And I hope you guys enjoy this format. We're kind of like trying to do like two, maybe three bigger cases of a month and kind of get a little bit more of a deep dive into them. But like I said, guys, we're enjoying doing this. We hope you are too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, one more thing, guys. If you are a fan of our musical intros, now wherever you listen to music, you can check out our new album, Truths and Tragedies. Um, It is compiled of 20 of my personal favorite intros from the, if you remember, two previous mixtapes that we released. Basically, long story short, we switched uh, music producers, producers, uh, distributors, and went with a different company. So now we have put it all out there on one album called Truths and Tragedies. And guys, if you are, uh, if you're listening to this and if you don't see your favorite song on the track, message us, comment on this video, and uh, we'll see what we can do about releasing it as a single. All right, I think that's pretty much it. Andy? No, I'm all good, Michael. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Until then, keep creeping. Bye. You hush your mouth, boy.